Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi everyone, just a quick favor to ask before we get going. Our podcast has gone from strength to strength lately, but we'd like to find out how we can improve. We've put together a short survey and we would love to get your feedback. Anyone who takes the time to give their feedback will be entered into competitions where they can win prizes such as smartphones, cameras and drones. So please visit irishtechnews.ie forward slash podcast dash feedback. That's irishtechnews.ie forward slash podcast dash feedback. Fill out the survey and to be in with a chance of winning one of those great prizes. Thanks for your time, and now back to the podcast. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm talking with Paul McBride, the managing director and co-founder of Proptics. How are you doing, Paul? Very well, thanks. How are you doing yourself, Rob? Great, thanks. Now, we can cast you as basically an internet pioneer because of what you've done in the past with mainly Microsoft. Tell us a bit about your background. Well, Rob, I, I carry on born born in London and living in Mayo for almost half my life. Uh, studied computer science uh, in college and went into my first startup straight away there in 1990. Um, you might recall in 1990 there wasn't a whole lot of activity, certainly around computing at the time. Um, with a couple of friends, we started a, a, a small startup working for some ophthalmologists and they had developed some really cool new tech to help um, identify the early onset of eye diseases like glaucoma and, yeah. and a few others. But what I was interested in was the good form was going on at the time. And the technology, uh, there was, the, the doctors involved were selling it to the US Navy so that their pilots could understand or, or anticipate changes in radar at night flights. Yeah. So it was able to figure out you know, how sensitive their eyesight was. But anyway, it's, it's not really about that. Um, by the time we got to December of that year, we were broke. We had borrowed from everybody we knew. Um, we finally got paid uh, a fraction of what we thought we would. And at that point, we decided at Christmas we should probably get a proper job. Um, so at that point, I ended up joining Microsoft and went on a great adventure with them. Um, you know, also developed a team in Seattle and, and in Dublin uh, and, and did some really fantastic things with some, some amazing people. Um, and did that for a good few years. Um, and then ended up joining uh, a, a company called Linebridge um, in 94. And this is a company who uh, had never seen software really in terms of, 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 of its use and, and what, what, what they could do with it. They were a documentation company at the time. Um, so we built a, a software localization business with them. Uh, and then I was appointed to run the first startup in Mayo in 98. So got off the train, didn't really know anything didn't know anybody, um, there wasn't much infrastructure, and we had to build a technology business. Yeah. Um, so we spent 10 years doing that, um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, set that business off to India and China, um, and then started a new business on, on the data side. Um, and did that again for about 10 years, had about 15,000 people working in 4,500 towns and cities in 100 countries around the world in, in the organization. Um, and at that point, we decided... Uh, to get into the business um, that we're in today. And what, what is it, what is that actually that you do today? So, so we decided to set up uh, Peroptics at the time. Um, we saw a huge opportunity um, with the advent of machine learning and the, and, and the speed at which machine learning was being deployed um, in mostly technology environments. 
And so the opportunity we saw was to help companies, um, you know, build machine learning models and that, that deliver a better online user experience. So, so the models deliver the predictions, and if the predictions match what consumers are expecting in this case, you obviously get a, a, a better experience for them. So, so that's that's what we do. Um, now, the, the the problem that we solve is that the same businesses they struggle to deliver a consistent user experience. Yeah. Um, you, you know, online, and 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 even more so when they expand to global markets. Um, and so the result of that is a poor customer experience, you know, less engaged customers, lower market share, and sometimes negative sentiment towards the brand. Um, and practical examples of, of that, Ronan, are, um, you, you know, your voice activated, uh, your smart speaker, you know, whether it's Amazon Alexa, you know, Siri from Apple, um, and, and so on and so forth. Having them understand you in a way that makes a lot of sense is, is, is quite a challenge. And so the job that we do is to create the data sets or at least validate the data sets that are going to give a much better experience to better comprehension of what it is that, 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 that you're saying or doing at any given time. Um, and it's the same for, for online services as well, um, that use machine learning to make predictions about what you want. It's, it's really about understanding what you want as a consumer and then working the models so that they present your ideal choices you know, that, that suit your needs as opposed to the company's needs. And, and that really leads to much better engagement, you know, higher profit margins and, and, and so on and so forth. And I guess it's trying to make it sound sexy because it can be, AI machine can be the most boring thing in the world to talk about. And if you're talking to somebody about this, what you do for, for a living, it's like saying you're an accountant. People that we don't, don't really get it. Very well said. Absolutely, yes. Um, and, and it is, uh, it, it's not a subject we try to, to make sexy. It's definitely a subject we try to make accessible. Yeah. Um, and, and just, just through just, you know, simplifying, um, you know, what we do and making it easier, particularly for our customers to just say, look, we've got all of this data. We've got this great business and we don't know how to leverage that data to build better relationships with our consumers in the markets that we're in. You know, that's really where we can help. You know, first of all, make sense of that data and help them on a journey to build models that really deliver a much better experience in the markets that they're going into. Yeah. So that's how we try to, to, to simplify it, Roland, um, you know, in, in a business context. Um, and, and so that's really, you know, the business that, we, that, that, we've, that, that we run today. Because I'm thinking, for example, if you look at some of the Netflix because it knows what you watch, they can predict and tell you, recommend things to watch in the future to based on what you've, you, you've used before or seen before. Absolutely, that's a great point. So Netflix recommendation engine. Um, Netflix as a company employ people to sit and spend their days watching movies um, so that they can get a better sense of what people are enjoying and what they're not enjoying. Yeah. And so that's a model that exists today. The, the challenge with that um, uh, approach, uh, Ronan, is that at some point there are only so many people you can fit in the building from so many countries yeah. that are going to give you a sense of what it is you want to watch next. And so the reason we built Peroptics was that we had built that infrastructure globally to enable Netflix access the same information and, and insight from people in their home markets who can give them the type of feedback they need to improve the recommendation engine. You know, it's the same for Airbnb. Um, it's, it's the same for, you know, Twitter, potentially Facebook, you know, Google, Amazon, who all want to make better recommendations for their customers based on what they understand um, in terms of their customer intent. Because I'm thinking, for example, if you're basically on, on, uh, on Amazon 
and you're looking at, at, at say you, you want to buy a new new stuff for the kitchen maybe you want to buy a, a new kind of uh, dishes or, or or saucepan and then suddenly you're you're elsewhere on, on, on somewhere else on Facebook or Google and suddenly up comes an ad for what you've been looking for no, no that's not the business we're in no that, I know that's what the big that, that's what the big tech flat, uh, platforms use. But if I was to give you a, an example of a, of a real-world problem we're solving, Roland, um, when people buy a car today, there's probably two or three options they can, they can take. They can go to their dealership and they can spend time browsing through cars. A salesperson will interact with them. Um, and, and generally, by the way, that salesperson is more than likely a male. So that makes the car buying process for females, you know, sometimes off-putting. Or you can go to the online classified, yeah. you know, car buyer's guide and so on. But in either case, you are presented with a huge range of choice. And you spend so much time trying to work out what it is you want. By having to go through each choice, each option, yeah. it takes an awful long time. And you really, it's not a very satisfying process. And the thing is, it's been like this for years. And so we're working with a very innovative company right now to help build a prediction model for their consumers for the ideal car based on what their tastes, what their likes, yeah. what their desires are. And really shorten the time for them to make that purchase decision, which as you know, triggers finance opportunity for, for companies, as well as the car buying process themselves, as well as the insurance process. So, so you move from having to deal with multiple um, companies for, to buy your car to just being able to do it on an app. And it's really, really smart, very, very clever tech. And we're building the machine learning and, and, and validating the machine learning models in the markets to which that company is going to go. So that's a really great real-world example of how to have a very satisfying outcome um, using technology that learns based on what it is you're looking for to give you the result that you want every time. So, so that's, it's probably, that's where Prop takes it as far more value than it would in terms of you know, buying a kitchen at Amazon, to be frank, because Amazon have a fixed inventory. Yeah. So they know you can only pick one. You know, there's only a fixed set of, of, of options. Whereas when you're buying a car or even a house, you know, the, 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 it's really about the feel that you have and the experience that you want to have. And, uh, and what matters, you, you know, is, is as important as your budget, your color, uh, and, and the mileage in the previous owners and so on. So that's where machine learning is really going to make a significant and, and, in, and in our view, a very disruptive difference to your car buying experience in Ireland. Well, to me, it's like buying a watch. Everyone has a different view of what a watch is. So the watch that I might wear might be the watch that you'd wear. So basically, uh, that question, and every person is the exact same, you'll think differently. So when it comes to buying like a watch or a house or a car, what I'm going to buy isn't what you're going to buy, or what I'm going to drive isn't what you're going to wear as a watch. So it's all different. And if machine learning can detect this and know what your likes and dislikes are, it's going to push you in the right direction. And, and that's the incredible thing about it. I mean, it, it does learn from the data, um, and, it, and, and that's how it, it makes the decisions and, and the recommendations. But really, for in our experience, the transformative impact that machine learning can have is the personalization of your experience. Um, and it can do that in a, in a data privacy compliant way. Um, and it can do that in a, in a respectful way as far as your data privacy is concerned. But you can really develop personalized services, personalized solutions that you can purchase quite easily you know, from your, you know, whether it's your, your laptop or whether it's your device. But that's the power of machine learning, not 
to be able to do this in one market, but to extend that capability across multiple markets at a relatively low cost than if you had to create the application for multiple markets. So really incredible uh, technology. It's quite early days for a lot of companies, but it's the personalization of the experience in, in a data privacy compliant way is really what Paroptics is about. To me, it makes you feel special. Like when you're going and, and, and doing certain things, you want to experience the whole, the whole ambience. And, and, make, and when, it, when it's done in the way you're suggesting, it, it says to me that basically it's for you and you only. And if your friend was to go through the same experience, it wouldn't be the same because they've got different wants and needs. That, that, that is exactly it. And, and you know, you, know you, you talked, I mean, we talk about making machine learning, you, you know, accessible. Um, and, and look, you know, very simply put, it, it, is, it is related to the development of applications that automatically improve an experience. But they automatically improve the experience you give them. Yeah. And, and it learns from your taste, it learns from your desires, it learns from what you're prepared to share. And, and, and it is able to deliver the kind of products and services that matter to you. And so that role is fine, it's being embraced. But, you know, in, in, in the last 15 years, it was very much a big tech um, opportunity, you know, on the consumer side. And we've a lot of experience with that. But now there are a tremendous number of companies coming through who want to know more about their consumers, who want to build better relationships with them, um, and, and want to be able to reach out to them without the expense of, of all of the traditional infrastructure to do that, selling, marketing, HQs in, in various countries and so on. The ability to do this online is, is hugely powerful, um, and, and, and that is, is, is the skill set and the infrastructure that we've built in the company to enable our customers to do just that. Yeah, and I guess also in areas with the cloud being more prevalent, if you have an app on your phone that does this, the app when it goes to the cloud and they're going to pull down data. You know what I mean? It's not basically... Uh, yeah, sorry, go on, yeah. Uh, uh, well, well, the data in... in, in mobile phones have, have evolved to the extent that they're extremely powerful devices in and of themselves. So, so the need for the data to go to the cloud for processing has, has, has abated somewhat. Um, what's more important in, in our view is that the data on the device is never compromised. Yeah. You, know, you know, for example, we have an app in, in, our, in our platform where we validate your device's identity and we validate your identity. And we do it in a GDPR compliant way so that, so that there's no personally identifiable information associated with you. But it, 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 and so if you're in our network, um, it allows you to work for us on behalf of customers in the knowledge that your interactions are, are secure uh, and, and they're localized to the device itself. The, 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 the data never goes into the cloud in terms of, of your personal yeah. identification um, or your personally identifiable um, information. And also to make sure that when you develop an app, it's not going to be that big a size. It's not going to be a huge app, like gigabyte in size. Which is very important. No, I mean, in this case, it's quite small. You know, it's it's probably seventy to one hundred, you know, megabytes. So it's it's not it's not very big. Um, but the, 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 the function it performs is quite uh, important in terms of validating your your security, validating your identity, um, and making sure that as a data evaluator working on customers' data, that our customers can be confident that we know who you are, that we know where you are, when you say you are. And, 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 the, and, the, and the integrity of their data is protected at all times. So, so you know, size isn't really the issue here. It's more the, the security aspect and the privacy aspect that are far more important for us. It reminds you of the movie Taken, 
when I get a, I know who you are, where you are, I got six of that skills I can use. And this machine learning has the same kind of set of skills it's going to use as well, but it's been used for in, in a good way. It's been used in a positive way. I mean, you know, there are bad actors in, in, in every system. Um, you know, people say, talk about data theft is, is, a, is a big issue. Yeah. For us, at Brockley, the biggest issue of the next decade is data vandalism. Yeah. It's not actually the theft of data. It's people breaking into systems and willfully changing the data that exists in the systems. It won't need to be encrypted. There won't be ransomware involved. They will actually damage the data. And that is, is for us, a much bigger concern um, over the next decade and one that we're working very hard to try and, and, and mitigate um, in the platform that we develop for, for, for the services that we yeah. deliver. To me, it sounds like deep fakes in a way, kind of new wave deep fakes. Well, what he's trying to do is he's trying to prevent that from happening by, by identifying and interacting with you up front. Of course, there are many ways to, to try and circumvent these systems. Um, but we have what's called three-factor authentic authentication, yeah. which is, you know, first of all, your username and your login. Then you get a, a secure code to your device. But then you use a, a, your face ID. It's a third part of that authentication system to validate that you are who you say you are. Yeah. So we, we have some systems in place to do that. You know, longer term, obviously, we want to put this on distributed ledger technology or blockchain as it's known today, you know, to, to, to circumvent, you know, those issues. But we do a pretty good job of it today um, in, in terms of, 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 of getting that security piece um, uh, running well. Because I'm thinking right now, how can it tell the difference between Fairty Ahern or Andy Kenny and Mary Rosenstock, who's doing the, who's actually doing their voice? Well, well, that's a very good example. So let's let let's take the example that's uh, pretty common today, which are you know, we could say chatbots, for example, yeah. um, or, or, or or in this case, I think we spoke earlier um, about using the the voice assistant. Well, for the voice assistant to understand, you, you know, whether it's Tenda Kenny, whether it's Bertie Hearn or Ronan Leonard, um, the, the 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 machine learning system needs a lot of examples of voices from where Tenda Kenny. Uh, Ronan Leonard or Bertie Ahern lives because there is a very high probability that you'll all sound pretty similar not exactly the same yeah. but similar if you collect enough of, 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 of voice examples from, from people who are paid for this work um, in enough volume you're able to train the machine to understand the differences in tone intonation nuance and so on uh, to be able to properly understand what it is you're saying Today, that's done on a very general basis, almost like a country by country. Um, and as you know yourself, somebody from North Dublin and somebody from, you know, inner city Dublin, yeah. South Dublin, you know, here in Mayo, we're all going to sound quite different. So, so companies realize that they have to collect data sets that represent the entire population, then you're never, they're never going to be able to interact as comfortably with Bertie Ahern as they would be with Andy Kenny. And, yeah. and maybe that's a good thing, Ronan. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, but that's really the, the, the operational side of our business. We've developed the capability to do this in, in the top 20 markets by, by GDP. Uh, so that means we have you know uh, evaluators in, in towns, cities and countries pretty much in, in any zip code or air code in, in Ireland's case where customers require um, examples of say voice in this case so that they can build their chatbots and they can build their voice assistants to really understand the local tone, the local nuance 
you know, and, and the local colloquialisms, basically, of people who are speaking. And that allows them to interact a lot more effectively, and that generally delivers a better experience. Yeah, for, and for also, if you're dealing with a customer, for example, who's stressed or angry, if you can detect that, you can make sure your chatbot responds in the right kind of way to deal with that. And that's exactly how it is today. So, so for example, when you're recording voices, you may start with you know quite low tone, um, and you may you know up that tone a little bit more. And 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 also in different environments, um, Ronan, that's very important so that it can filter out the background noise. So if you're in a very noisy environment and, and you're upset, that's one uh, recording session. If you're in a quiet uh, environment and you're upset that's another so you need to collect lots and lots of data samples that reflect the environments that people are in reflect the contexts that they're in the cultures and the countries and and to do that effectively is is is, is, is we've simplified that process for a start that's one of the, yeah. the, the, the the key advantages of the company we've simplified that process greatly but then it's about in, basically taking that into the machine learning model so it can learn how to recognize how you're feeling based on the change in tone of your voice in any given environment. And that just gives you more confidence that it, you know, you're able to ask more questions, you're able to express yourself, maybe your frustration. Um, and, and, it's, and, and the key for chatbots is to be able to escalate that to a human in the right time at the right moment before you really get upset. Yeah, like for example, if you're, dealing, if you're dealing with a company and you've got problems with your broadband and you're trying to deal with chatbot, it's asking all these questions like, uh, are you getting signal? Is you turned off and on again? And if you're getting angry and frustrated and uh, you're speaking to it and it knows based from your voice that this person needs to be dealt with a human soon because they're going to go so far with technology. You then be able to tell you, yeah. human now, deal with this. And, and that's exactly it. Sky have done a very good job with this. Yeah. Um, Sky have done quite a good job in, in, in implementing uh, an, a, a version of this um, that, that we believe can definitely evolve to, 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 to in, its, in, in its sophistication um, and certainly can involve using machine learning techniques to really improve that. Um, but where the real value for, for companies like Sky comes from, uh, Ronan, is that they can use effectively the same model in many different countries, but trained on local data, yeah. so that you know you getting upset in in here is quite di- is quite a different experience. I can tell you from an Italian or a German or a French or a Finnish, um, or, you know, or, or an Asian or, or or an American person getting upset. So being able to collect data in all of those contexts is what gives the machine learning so much. Um, uh, uh, gives it the ability to create a much better experience for you locally. Um, but it can be adapted quite easily for different markets. So, so, and that's because it learns how an Italian expresses themselves and, and how each of the cultures express themselves. And it really is all about great quality data to be able to, to do that effectively. Yeah, well, I guess 30 years ago, you, you couldn't do that because the, the uh, technology wasn't what it is now. And you don't need to be looking at a certain market. Like I, you might say, well, I'll stick with America or maybe UK or Ireland because that's all they can do. Whereas nowadays, you've got, if you look at something like China or India where they've got different dialects and different, and different languages in that country, you've now got to be able to handle that as well. And technology now allows us to do that as well pretty easily. Absolutely. I mean, there, there are 15 key dialects in India that we that we would work with yeah. in general. Um, and, and again, it, it's, it's, it's quite a large... Uh, quite a large 
hopefully it's it's part of organised crime and content, obviously. But if I can come back to your point about uh, uh, the broadband, we're based here in, in Mayo. Um, five years ago, you could not run the kind of business that we're running today, you know, which is, you know, on the Microsoft uh, Azure cloud, it's running Microsoft um, uh, uh, ML Ops Studio, yeah. it's running Databricks, it's running really high-end uh, technology that's all cloud-based that requires, you know, significant amounts of broadband. We're running that from, from Mayo today. In fact, you couldn't have done that three years ago. So if you take that rate of progress, even in Ireland, yeah. that's similar to the rate of progress we're seeing all around the world. You know, and, and clearly rural communities, we, we have a specific interest in, in serving you know, as part of our, our background, as part of our history, as part of our values. And so we do try and, and get representation in, in those areas as well. So it's, it's quite phenomenal what technology has enabled us to do as a business. Yeah. And it's phenomenal what it's enabling us to do for our customers in all of the countries in which they're trying to um, develop products and services for, for, for their local customers. Now, I guess before we finish... What do you plan for the next five years, and where do you see machine learning heading? Well, I, I think I, I, I alluded to it. I think distributed ledger technology and blockchain has, has a big role to play in the democratization of machine learning. Yeah. So to, to give you an example, um, Ireland probably remembers the voting machine fiasco of a few years ago. Yeah. Well, imagine a future where you can use electronic voting and your vote is recorded on a blockchain, which absolutely ensures its integrity. Uh, and it, because it's all about trust. So once there is more trust in the systems that underpin technologies like machine learning and AI, I think that's where you get much more general acceptance. So, so we intend to be part of that transformation as, as, you know, as a company. If I were to give you the 10-year view you know, of, of Proptix, look, today we really want to help companies better and better local user experiences you know, in any country around the world. That's what we're really, really good at doing. We know how to simplify that. We know how to make that effective. And we know how to drive you know, better experience and, and better profits for companies. But in the, in the long term, I, I really would love us to be at the very forefront of the interaction between people and computers where there is no mouse, there is no keyboard. It's a completely natural language experience between you know people and, and computers. And I think that's probably the, the, one of the most transformative events that will happen in my lifetime. You know, our chairman was involved in, in creating and, and, and developing the internet back in the late 80s. Um, what we talk about is, is the, the impact of voice um, and in, in particular on how people interact with computers, how to make it much more natural um, than it is today to the extent of where you know, my mom and, and my grandmother can, can interact as easily as, 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 as you and I and, and the younger generation do today. So I think machine learning has a huge role to play in, in understanding you know, what you're saying, when you're saying it, how you're saying it and why. Um, and I think in 10 years from now, it, it can be quite incredible the, 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 the types of results um, that can be delivered from it. So, so that's where I would see us in, in, in 10, in 5, you know, using, like I said, blockchain, um, and, but really doing some really cool things for our customers and market. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's the trajectory we're on in the company, and uh, that's, that's where we plan to be. You know, to me, it reminds me of kind of like, like Star Trek, where it's all voice-controlled. And you have now and again... Well, they had... The, yeah. It's a great point, and you know, um, uh, William Shatner, in incredibly, I think he's, um, I think he's, he's eighty. He's, he may 90. be older, but 
Thank you, Alice. In fact, that's right. It, it was recently. Um, you, you know, these guys had an incredible vision for for the world, and in some ways, we're we're being guided by it. Um, as technology becomes more and more um, uh, sophisticated, I, I think it's it's the job of, of 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 companies to make it more accessible. Um, I think for us, it's really about making technology accessible in a privacy compliant way that gives you a better experience with your product or service. That's really what, what it's about. And, and, and if that ends up you know, enabling people to, to you know, drive rocket ships or, 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 or sit in cars while driving, then that's fantastic. There are amazing companies doing amazing things for, you know, around that. Um, but I think that we're all probably inspired to some degree by the, by the creators of science fiction, you know, back in our youth. And, and, and maybe in some ways that's, that, that is where we're probably going. And the third thing is, in Star Trek, in all the series and movies, the one voice has been used as a computer voice, and that's Maya Barrett, who was the wife of Gene Roddenberry, created that. So whenever you see that, it's only her voice. That, 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 that's absolutely it. I'm, I'm, I, I was a fan, but I, I wouldn't have been obsessed to that level of detail. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty cool. But that is essentially, you know, where we would like to be. And, and we think, I mean, we've been involved in computer science for, for the last 30, 35 years. We really do see that for the first time, certainly since I studied it, that, that that natural human machine interface is is within reach simply because of the computing power that exists and simply because you know companies like Google Amazon you know Microsoft have made it so accessible you know for innovators to figure out how to deploy it and use it in ways they couldn't have possibly imagined you know, you know five years ago so I think we're just going to get to that point you know a lot faster than than we expect but it's still again in my view will take uh, about a decade. Well, That's my bet. Yeah, well, a decade, to, to me, isn't that long. It, it, it isn't that long at all. Um, uh, time does fly, uh, certainly when you're, 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 you're focused on, on, on achieving the things that you want for your business. Um, it's not, time is something you, you always have, never have enough of. Um, but again, one of the cool things about machine learning is it saves you so much time in getting to the right decisions, or the wrong ones, yeah. but quickly. Um, and that's the real benefit. That's the real business value it's delivering today. But certainly over the next five to ten years, there's some really incredible things that are going to be possible as a result of, of, of the computing power and, and the technology and the discipline itself, you know, getting um, uh, much more time, focus and energy from, from hopefully from companies like ours. Yeah, and hopefully in the future, you're going to have a scenario where when the customer is using your products, I mean, if they're, if they're dealing with it because they're trying to buy something from, from a sales company, They'll be able to do the, the, the buy a product a lot, a lot quicker. Like you said earlier about buying the car. That will take you not months or days. It'll take you hours or seconds or minutes. That's exactly it. And, and, and as I said, it's not the quality of the decisions that are being put forward by the models. I mean, yeah. that's what a machine learning model does. Is it, just, it just puts forward really good decisions. So, look. You know, a lot of companies, you know, go into this and they don't really fully understand the business problem they're trying to solve. All of those companies fail. Yeah. The only companies who will succeed are the companies who have a very clear focus on the business problem and then use machine learning to try and solve it. Yeah. Um, and, and so it is, it is challenging from that perspective. But the, 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 that's the experience we have of success stories from the largest companies and, and that's the experience we can bring um, uh, you know, to bear to our customers and our business today. Well, I guess on that note, we've covered quite a bit about that. And uh, 
I'm looking forward to, to seeing in 10 years time technology we're going to be using and I'm guaranteeing right now it could be a hologram it could be anywhere in the world and be hologram based technology to talk to, to each other because it'll have recorded every voice action you'll take from now until then so it'll yeah. be preserved for time immemorial so look Roland it was an absolute pleasure uh, talking with you thank you for the opportunity to, to chat today and I look forward to talking to you again thanks Paul take care Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.